Pan Ham wrote in a recent address commemorating Pride Month, the month-long celebration in June of all things LGBTQ, A+, and all the other letters, President Joe Biden revealed that nearly 14%, about 210 of his 1,500 federal agents, appointees, identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Recently, to celebrate Pride on the White House lawn, President Biden invited a professing transgender man, which opened his shirt and flashed his additional body parts for all to see. These are just some examples of the frenzied celebration of all manner of sexual perversions as individuals, corporations, organizations, and sadly, even some Christian groups trip over themselves trying to be the most enthusiastic in their LGBTQ activism. But what are they really celebrating? I'm so glad you asked. Join us as we take this time to stop and think about it. Hello? Hello, anybody home? I'm thinking, McFly, think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It, a podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment and the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual, this podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. I'm Phil, the Bronx Expositor, here with co-host Nick, a.k.a. the Puerto Rican Puritan. Glenroy, our West Indian wordsmith, could not join us this evening or today, depending on when you're listening, but we do have a special guest with us today who I call the Christian LeBron James. And this is Audley Maddox. How you guys doing today? What's going on, brother? What's going on and on and on? What's happening? What's going on, guys? Oh, man. Nick, what's the good word, brother? Christian LeBron. I can't get past that one. <laughs> Listen, I think Audley could take him under the hoop any day of the week. Man, I... Uh... Maybe a couple of years ago, Phil. Now, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd like to still think I got it. Well, yeah. All right. All right. I mean, I know you could preach better than him, so you got that over him. <laughs> I know you could yeah. evangelize better than him. And, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, the um, the things that matter most, the things that are eternal, you got that over him all day and twice on Sunday. So <laughs> Now, all day, when did we that. first meet? Do you remember? Oh, uh, I I think it was at a at a grace. I think it was at grace, and um, I think Pastor um, Peter introduced us after the sermon one Sunday, and I, I met you and your wife and your daughters, and um, you know from from there, I think the next time we met was at the G three, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, uh, I know we didn't meet on a basketball court because you know. I'd still be laying down. 
doing a push-up after you fake me out. <laughs> um, so what? So it, obviously, it was at church, and uh, you you haven't been able to get rid rid of me since. And now you know. Now you picked up oh, Nick man. as a friend too. So you know, there's double trouble, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm I'm thankful to the Lord that He's allowed me in His providence to 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 meet Pastor Phil and uh, Pastor Peter and. You know, just been an amazing blessing in my life and walk. And, um, you know, Phil, we always talk about it. You know, you giving me my first opportunity to be able to preach at a men's breakfast and, um, you know, putting me up to the task and, uh, you know, I had my doubts and my fears. But, you know, after it was all said and done, you know, I, you know, it was, um, you know, the Lord blessed it and, you know, the people were blessed by it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm only one of the, many brothers that, you know, you and Pastor Phil, I mean, Pastor Peter has, um, you know, allowed to disciple and, 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 and lead and guide. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you brothers and, and, uh, you know, really fulfilling that, uh, Matthew 28, 19, you know, making disciples of all nations, brother. Well, praise God. That's that's what our mission is all about. Otherwise, God should save us and take us to heaven with him immediately. You know, get us out of this place. But he leaves us down here uh, for such a time as this and, and with his mission in mind. And I remember you preached on Matthew 419, uh, one of my favorite verses when Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And I believe we have that on our sermon audio. Uh, that was a great message. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the theme of Soul Fishing Ministries, Matthew 419, uh, making followers Mm -hmm. of Christ and fishers of men. So, um, amen. So this this whole issue of uh, Pride Month, uh, where did this all start? Like, how did we end up with a month that's considered Pride Month? Anything? The, um, the, the Stonewall riots that was happening, um, looks like, uh, in, in, in recent past that the, um, the cops were raiding these, um, these lesbian and gay bars and, um, you know, they were, they were calling the people to, um, you know, basically, um, you know, leave the bars, I, I, I guess, and then. Um, you had some activists that were protesting that, you know, the cops that were raiding it and, um, they ended up, um, protesting that whole, um, that whole thing. And, um, mm-hmm. I think that's how, that's how it started. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear. Pride, Pride Month was, uh, itself, like, as we said, uh, well, not we, as it is celebrated now. It was commemorated by uh, President Obama in uh, 2016. And that was uh, just a year after uh, the Marriage Equality Act, where they were able to marry one another. Um, So many people say that Pride Month was done in in honor of the Stonewall riots. but Obama doesn't mention that in his proclamation. So I don't I don't know if that's what it is. Maybe maybe that's why he picked the month. Um, but mm-hmm. in the proclamation, he doesn't mention uh, Stonewall. 
So um, uh, uh, before that, the U.S. had every last Sunday of June as Pride Day. And um, since 1970, which was a year after the Stonewall riots, which uh, many people who, who, well, there was those people, who, a lot of people who were there say there wasn't really a riot, but um, there was, there were violent things going on. Um, but on in 1970, they started the Pride March in honor of the Stonewall riots on June 28th. So that was the year anniversary after it. And um, I got this from a, from an article, some other things that go on to commemorate uh, the LGBT community in 1994, a coalition of education-based organizations in the United States designated October as LGBT History Month. So since 1994, uh, LGBT has had a history month. In 1995, a resolution passed by the General Assembly of the National Education Association included LGBT History Month within list of commemorative months. Um, also, National Coming Out Day is on October 11th, as well as the first uh, March on Washington in 1979 that are commemorated in the LGBT community during LGBT History Month. Um, mm. after, after the riots, uh, two, two uh, gay rights groups formed, um, but they're not the only ones. So Gay Liberation Front and gay activist, the, the Gay Activist Alliance, they formed, um, they fought um, in terms of uh, things that happened after the riots. Well, after the riots, some of the rights that they got, they, they were uh, the American Psychiatric. Come a little closer to your mic. You're fading out yeah. of me there. So the American Psychiatric Association in 1940, I think it was, they actually made homosexuality a mental disorder. After the riots in 1973, that was that was taken out. Um, they've won several, several types of rights since then. Um, I think... In New York City, right? The reason why uh, Stonewall Stonewall was a bar. Um, let me know if I'm talking too much, okay? Stonewall was a bar, slash, you know, dance dance floor restaurant type of thing, you know, where um, the homosexual community would, would go. It was actually uh, frequented by many gay teens um, at, at night, so they had quite a night scene. Um, it was actually not like a nice place in the sense of like, it was pretty run down. They had overflowing toilets. It was a dump. Basically it was a dump, uh, no running water. They actually washed their glasses in dirty water. They just dipped them in dirty in dirty water and, and so on. Uh, their drinks were all watered down um, and, and get this. All right. The, the gay bar, scene was actually run by the mob um, because since there were laws that were not a, that that was restricting gays at that time so you couldn't be you couldn't show homosexuality in public um, you you couldn't show homosexuality in public right and um, uh, gays could not be served alcohol and this is New York City so gays cannot be served alcohol. Uh, somebody who was homosexual, they had to have at least 
uh, three articles of clothing or two or three articles of clothing that were consistent with their gender uh, so that they wouldn't be arrested or fined. Um, there was another law that, that they had against them. Um, so it was no homosexuality in public. Uh, they couldn't dance with the person of the same sex. So Stonewall stands out because it was the only gay club in the village that had a dance floor. So that's why they, they would go there mostly because there was a dance floor and, and, and the homosexual uh, community felt like that's where they could, you know, feel close to people because in actuality, the, the bars were being uh, raided, right? But with the mob's help, the gay bars were able to, to prosper and what would happen is they they paid off the cops so the cops wouldn't raid them on their on their high days. They would raid them in the middle of the week. They would get tip offs. They would give tip offs so that you know they wouldn't the, the bars wouldn't lose money. So then the gays were able to frequent the clubs and the bars. Um, I mean, it's really it's really very interesting stuff, you know. Um, and in reality, uh, and also they didn't just have the cops to deal with the homosexual community. The homosexual community had to deal with uh, gangs who were forming, uh, people who were forming the neighborhoods, um, attacking and assaulting them because they didn't want them around. There was a lover's lane in Queens where, you know, couples were, were frequent. And when they, were, they started noticing homosexuals, the homosexuals would run behind trees uh, uh, like a gang formed from that from the neighborhood and they started to threaten them and when they still kept showing up this neighborhood cut down the trees in the park so that they, the gays could not be there so so not you know they did have a hard time so going to the gay bars was was a very much an escape for them um i don't know if that you know so they, they did have a rough time outside in the streets in very different, you know, in various ways. You know, I'm not trying to justify what they did. I'm just trying to paint the picture in the context of, you know, the whole Stonewall riots thing. Uh, Stonewall riots started because there's one officer who actually, these, these bars were getting raided frequently, especially that month for the Stonewall riots. Stone, Stonewall itself was raided that previous Tuesday and it was raided on a Friday night into Saturday, the night of the riots. So they were already raided. The same cop went back Friday night into Saturday. Um, they were, and, and when he started to uh, pick out people who he was going to decide to arrest and pick out people who, whom he would let go, um, from that, the people step out of the stone wall and they start kind of forming outside and it started to get rough and violent. And, you know, some weird things were going on. You know, there's a story about uh, a bunch of um, a bunch of them holding hands and they started doing the kick line like the Rockettes. And they were singing a, a, a special song that that I don't care to share. <laughs> and, you know, so they were doing a lot of different things. And, you know, so um, that's when the riot kind of formed. Actually, the police officers eventually were barricaded into the, the bar itself while everybody was outside. They were, I don't know if they got to burn the place down or burn it, but they were going to burn it while the cops were in there. The, 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 the head officer uh, stopped them from, stopped his police officers from actually shooting their way out. So, you know, because um, many people would have lost their lives at that point. And so he actually did that till they till backup came and rescued them. And uh, this this uh, this riot or, you know, 
uprising. It wasn't, you know, it lasted for a few days. It ended up at the Village Voices office as well because the Village Voice office uh, printed out an article that was, um, you know, kind of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't saying the right words referring to gays. So they went to him and, and that they went to that person and and they fought for they fought that person and made them I think recant or something. I, I'm not 100 percent sure with my memory on that one. Um, but yeah, and then and then after that, the, the next year they started the Pride March and and it's been building ever since, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's a lot. So I mean, we have the mafia, we got the bars, we got trees, we got trees getting cut down. Uh, the gangs. There's a, a a lot of this that that goes on, but yeah. I I think that this whole issue with pride started all the way back in Genesis three, for sure. Oh and, yeah. and oh and get this, get this in in the United States, Illinois was the only was the only state that legalized homosexuality, but the really? village did have did probably have the highest population of homosexuals. So, like in in certain states, you could they would be put in insane asylums. Uh, they could be arrested. So seven states would crash would castrate uh, homosexuals. Wow. So, like, you know, it, 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 I'm just saying that to highlight the big difference of what we have now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, th I mean, th there's a whole lot there, you know, concerning the origins, and I. I think that, you know, besides this issue of pride um, concerning those that, um, you know, uh, those that operate off of pride, uh, obviously Adam and Eve, they ate, uh, they were prideful um, in that respect, in that respect, they, um, the, the three attacks, the enemy comes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And what's the last one? Pride of life. Pride, Pride of, of life. life. And so uh, Jesus was attacked in these same three areas as Adam was in the garden. He was, at, Jesus was attacked in the, um, the wilderness of temptation in those same three areas. And where are, where the first Adam fell, the last Adam was victorious. Mm. And so um, kind of fast forward and, when you get to Genesis six, um, after uh, they came out of the ark, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Genesis nine, after they came out of the ark, um, it says uh, in verse uh, 23, uh, then Shem and Japheth, I'm sorry, and then Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment laid it on their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces turned backwards and they did not see their father's nakedness. And so um, some people think that uh, the way that uh, Ham um, exited uh, the, um, his father, that perhaps th there was some kind of uh, perversity Others think that there's no reasonable uh, support uh, for that. Um, you know, that he just, um, it, it, but clearly the implication is that Ham uh, looked with some sinful thought, even if it was just for a second, 
uh, to inform his brothers. So even when uh, sinners were drowned, sin was still in the heart of those eight people that were rescued uh, on the ship or on the ark, I should say more correctly. Um, And so sin continued with eight people, even though the Lord drowned the rest of the world. And then of course uh, we see in, excuse me, in Genesis um, 19, uh, we see homosexuality on display as two angels came to Sodom in the evening. Lot was in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet with them, bowed down. And then the whole spectacle begins where they were groping at the door and the Lord had a, a blind them and, and all of these things. And he was going to give his virgin daughter, um, you know, just, just amazing. But he chose to live in, in Sodom. And, and today there is no Sodom um, because the Lord destroyed Sodom and uh, popular uh, some people think he, he did it because of their lack of hus- hospitality. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think that negates this because that's not being hospitable. Um, you know, if uh, you want to give your daughters away and, um, you know, and, and you don't want people to, you know, who have this agenda to come in and, and rape angels. Um, so God was not, God was not good with it, but here we are now, it seems that um, if you think about a state of emergency, uh, it's usually applied to military or national weather um, because there's an attack coming or there's a dangerous weather weather pattern like a hurricane or a tornado. But the alphabet mafia, LGBTQ, A+, uh, considers that they're in the state of emergency following, quote, more than 75 anti-LGBTQ bills that have become law in various states this year, more than doubling last year's, which had been the worst on record, so so they say. And it seems that uh, the game is all in the language that's used. Uh, Notice they use uh, the words um, uh, state of emergency. And so... um, Language is powerful. I mean, God gave us a book filled with language and yeah. so and all about him. And it's the language of scripture that informs our worldview about this issue and all other issues. And so if you, somebody could say, well, you know, you're just anti-LGBT, or we could say I'm pro-biblical marriage. It's all the way something is framed. And so yes. um, framing is the issue the way it's said. And that's how news media operates, the way something is said. So you say, well, you, you know, you're discriminating against homosexuals. Well, what if I say you're, dis- you're discriminating against marriage, against biblical marriage, right? So we can use the same language. Uh, yeah. you're, you're discriminating discriminating against what God says in his word. You're discriminating against God himself. So... Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? There, yeah. there is a language game, which is why it's very important. Apologetics 101, always define your terms. So when you say marriage and someone else says marriage, you mean the same thing. Totally right? agree. Yeah, that, that's, that's very important when you're trying to portray this issue. Now, how would you respond? I'll, I'll start with Audley on this. 
Somebody says, and you've probably seen T-shirts and heard this. Somebody says, well, oddly, love is love. What do you oh, say man. to that? Love is love. Love is love. That's that's the number one response I, I hear a lot, a lot. And to that, I, I I would say I reject that 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 idea based on 1 Corinthians 13, 6, where um where Paul he gives the perfect definition of love, God's definition of love, which is love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Hmm. So no, you you cannot say that um, it's okay to just love anyone you want to in a in a sexual context. You know, you 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 know that man with man, female with female. God didn't design it that way, and there is there is a standard that God has left, and God has designed for His creatures. So love love isn't love in the way that they would uh, define it. Yeah, yeah, amen. And 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 here's a, uh, an additional problem with that. When somebody uses the word love, they're defining it horizontally through a sinful lens, and they're not defining vertically. So to say love is love is like saying big is big. A triangle is a triangle. I mean, what am I saying if I even... Even just when you're defining words, if I use the same word to define the word, up is up, down is down, right? (laughs) Uh, Like, you're not helping me by saying love is love, Mm -hmm. right? But the Bible actually says God is love. It doesn't say love is love. It says God is love. And so that's why any, any definition must start with God in First John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent the Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We love it. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So we have 1 Corinthians 13 you brought up. Now here in 1 John chapter 4, love has to be defined vertically by the author of love, by the one who created love. And we have a huge problem when the architect of love is overlooked and that which he's made, humanity says, you know what? We have a better definition of love. Love is love. Well, that, that's very helpful. Not. <laughs> um, Nick, what do you think? Love is love. Well, I got to find out what's their definition of love. I mean. And you can always it, ask. It, you know, and I usually do. So I, I, may, I asked them, so is your definition of love just you know, letting people go on and do whatever they want because you don't want to offend them. So is your definition of love uh, not offending people? Because like the other Saturday when we were out before the abortion mill, you know, uh, I, I was pleading with a lady who was about to go in and I said, you know, you know what goes on inside of that building, man, please, if you're pregnant, don't kill your baby. And one of the escorts mumbled, you know, oh yeah, that's that's real loving. So So really like, you know, my response was, and I springboarded my preaching off of that for the rest of my time there. But 
my response to that was I pointed to the picture that we that we were holding, uh, you know, of a torn up aborted baby. And I said, you know, um, you're opening that door so that this woman could do this to her baby. And you call that love? You know, so you know who defines love? Love according to whose standard? Um, you know, God is love, like you said. You know, I, I have to I have to love the way God defined that, and sometimes that means saying the hard things. Amen. True, true. What about this? Here here is a phrase LGBT rights. What do we think? Rights. Again, who, who, according to their worldview, you know, who are they basing their reason for having rights on? I mean, because, you know, yeah, according to my worldview, we should have human rights, but, but according to theirs, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, it's all up in the air, right? Dog eat dog. You know, so... <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, too, that, that, you know, we're supposed to define rights according to the righteousness of God, right? So there it is. is it, it, you know, how can we, what kind of rights can we grant them um, in terms of them trying to promote their sin and to proclaim their sin? Well, the only right we can get, the only right we can really grant them is that they're image bearers of God and we're supposed to love them as so. And we see them as people who are lost and we could give them the greatest act of love that we could give them is to share the gospel with them. Amen. You know? So, I mean. Yeah, amen. I, I, I'm asking that when somebody talks about rights, I'm asking where do rights come from? What makes something right versus wrong? What's the standard here? Right? Audley, what's the standard of being right? God's word. God's word is the standard. Mm -hmm. is, is that what they mean when they use right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely right. not. They, right for me is what right. they mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they want their right to espouse uh, their feelings above uh, God's word. They want their right to um, espouse a same-sex marriage and, um, you know, all, all the other things that we're starting to see now and the, uh, the culture take place. You know, I mean, when I say, you know, when, when I mean, yeah, as far as rights, we, as Christians, we value you as human beings and, you know, you're, you, you have dignity, you know, we respect that. But, um, as far as making, as far as wanting Christians to agree with the, the behavior and the practices that, that they espouse, um, no, no, I, I say, you know, there's, there's no right there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I heard, uh, 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 what is it? A transgender, transgender woman. Uh, I, I, I'm lost with that terminology. You guessed but, as good as mine, brother. <laughs> but I heard one of them saying, you know, they want to have the right. They should have the right to live out their truth. You know, but like, so truth is kind of personal. You know, objective truth is personal for her, him, whatever. 
you know, like that, that confuses me because they can't be a million of the same truths. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if it's truth for you, then it has to be true for everybody else. And obviously, you know, uh, that has to be brought up against scripture you know, and saying that what you're doing is right. Doesn't doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold any water when it comes to the word of God. Yeah, because, um, you know, their truth is subjective, subjective to somebody's feelings. You know, right. I mean, at one time, you know, people had the right to own slaves. In Germany, people had the right to uh, exterminate Jews. You know, in, in our country, some people have the right to uh, assassinate children uh, through abortion. But no mm -hmm. one stops. Many people aren't stopping and asking. Of course, believers are. What, what makes something right? Where do rights come from? The moment somebody says, well, it's the government. Well, you could drive a Mack truck through that. Because the mm -hmm. government said it was right to assassinate uh, Jews and, and put people into slavery and, and all kinds of things. So if it lies sure. with government, government is always changing. Mm -hmm. What's right one day is wrong the next. And what's wrong one day is right the next. I mm -hmm. mean, remember when they had all these uh, uh, people were arrested for marijuana. And then uh, okay. when they opened now up you, the marijuana dispensaries, <laughs> they gave people they arrested, you know, first shot at opening them up. Now you, right. got, now you got bud vans all over the blocks. Absolutely. We have all <laughs> these. All day. Yeah, right, all in right. our neighborhoods. And now we have students coming to school high. Uh, we have people driving high more, more so because whatever you let people do, John MacArthur said, as far as you let people go um, in, in rebellion to God legally, they will go as far as you'll let them go. So, you know, if you let them steal, they'll steal. So people can go into stores now, apparently, and steal up to like nine hundred dollars. Maybe oh, that's, that's too in, high. That's, that's in Cali, I think. Right. Well, maybe here at six. I mean, I, I don't know. But how could somebody? How could it be okay for someone to go in a store and steal up to any amount, up to one cent? It shouldn't be allowed. Because those um, and if you let people, people murder their children, they those, will. And so whatever you let people do, they will push the envelope, and they'll always try to push it further and further away from the truth of God's word. And that's the objective truth. Those, those poor people, they can't afford, you know, to, to get stuff and, and pay for it with their own money. So they got to you got to go out and steal it. But what do we, what do you see them getting? Beers and, and Kit Kats and, and junk <laughs> or, or material items. They're not even getting bare you know, necessities. You know, you, you, you try to give the heart some leeway and the heart's going to show you what it really is. And it's desperately wicked before God. You know, yeah. and that, that's what laws are for. They're, they're to restrain wickedness. That's what God made government for. You know, A absolutely. Absolutely. What about when somebody says gay marriage, oddly? How do you how do you deal with that phrase? Somebody says, okay. well, 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 you know, can gay people be married? Yeah, I uh <laughs> I say uh Genesis 2:24, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, um a gay marriage is displeasing to God, you know, total opposite it's total opposition in his design for um the male and female relationship. You know, is it marriage? It's it's not marriage. It's it's not it's a perversion of marriage. That's a perversion. well said. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, everything has to be defined. Well, what, what, what is marriage and who gets to define it? Right. Sure. Sure. I mean, I mean, if, uh, if two men could be married, can five men be married? Hmm. Can a man marry his seven-year-old son? What about his 18-year-old son? If they say, well, you know, it's not a, the legal age. Okay, what if he's 18? Can a yeah. man marry his 18-year-old son? Absolutely not. Absolutely right? not. Can, can, you know, so like, I mean, if you push that people can, quote, unquote, marry who they want, and love is love, if, you know, if you go with basically all of that saying, you know, I can do what I want relationally, if you push it to its logical conclusion, where does it end? And by what authority are they that ascribe to such views holding on to? Or what authority do they say two men, three men, or, you know, the gamut, or one lady, two lady, three lady, and the gamut, right? By what authority? Can a man marry, you know, three of his sons, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I mean, you have to push it to its logical conclusion. Now, some people would say you can have one man and one man and one woman and one woman. Once you start bringing up these other things, they'll say, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, why? Like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like yeah. why is that ridiculous? By what standard? By what authority is that ridiculous? Right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. What about this one? Christians are intolerant bigots, a hate group, pro-patriarchy, anti-LGBTQ. Nick, what what would you say? That sounds very intolerant. That sounds very hateful. That sounds uh, very uh, (laughs) anti-Christian. I mean, they're sounding like the very things that they're uh, um, claiming that, that we are, so... Thank you. To be honest, I would say what EPMD said, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Check the billboards. Uh, I mean, they they have proved time and time again that they are the ones who are more likely to to become violent. Right. They are the ones more likely to to uh, to stir the pot (laughs) rather than we are. Uh, They're the ones who are more likely to act out and to show out uh, way before a Christian does so. I mean, really, they need to just look in the mirror. Now, I got to ask you, Nick, um, you've been on EMT calls and uh, you have went to uh, what's almost like the scene of a crime, I guess, right? Where uh, two homosexuals had had a fight. And tell the audience what you told me. I've had that multiple times. And I've had and I've also had like a lot of uh, transgender people uh, as patients. And um, I mean, the last one I had, I mean, he had his bed on top of his refrigerator and he was on his bed. I mean, I just can't describe the way he had his room, but you could just tell that he was off. But when it comes to like homosexual couples, they in, in, in my 15, 16 years on the job, um, they were they were the most violent of all domestic calls that I've gotten. They've always mm-hmm. been violent, whether it be female on female or male on male. You know, violent, violent. Once I thought they, I once thought they go at it. it that's it, it. It's it, it gets bad. 
Mm. Yeah, and 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 there and and th these are the same groups that are calling Christians and people that disagree a hate group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the violent is like the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, where where that 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 word intolerant has taken on a whole new meaning. You yes, know? a whole new meaning. I mean, we can we can respectfully disagree with you and sure. still respect you as, you know, a human being and, and, and a person. I mean, you know, and, and, and respectfully share our disagreements, you know, but, you know, an intolerant bigot, you know, we're, you know, Bible calls us to be totally opposite of that. So, you know. I have sure. I have I have very little doubt that. You know, if given the opportunity, homosexuals, the LGBTQ community, I'm not going to say all of them, but, you know, I, I have very little doubt that many of them, uh, especially those who are part of the, you know, their, their, their agenda, I have no doubt that they would, um, they would get violent if, if they were able to in many, mm. in many instances, you know. If, mm. if if some law was to pop off where it's open game on Christians, guess mm. who would be the first in line? You know, so I, I really don't think I really think that they're the ones they're the ones who cry out, you know, we're, we're you know, uh, Christians marginalize uh, uh, LGBT people. But, you know, that don't make no sense because that doesn't make any sense because we're the ones who get marginalized because you won't allow our views in. You totally reject our views. You set our views to the side and we're hateful, we're intolerant, we're, we're pro-patriarchy, we're anti-LGBT. So you, you won't allow us to, to give our argument. You just flat out reject it and say that we're this, this, and this, you know? But I could sit here and listen to your argument. I can accept and affirm everything, but you would not affirm me. Would you affirm me, you know, saying prayers, in, in the cafeteria over my food at a gay school? Would, mm, they, would right. they let me do it? Mm. You know, I doubt yeah. it. Right, yeah. right. They want they want you to conform because, you know, then you're a hater. But they don't have to conform because, I don't know, they're holding the standard somehow. Um, I had a guy, one time uh, a guy who was a dance instructor got angry at me and wanted to fight me in the parking lot. <laughs> That's, you know, he wanted to dance. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dance. <laughs> so uh, he was a very small frame guy. Uh, you know, I, I teach martial arts. He does dancing. I said, you want to throw hands in the parking lot? I said, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, what about this one? Gender assigned at birth. Have you heard that phraseology before? Done by God. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, but, God's job. <laughs> yeah, but was, was your gender assigned at birth? <laughs> well, it was decided by God. <laughs> right, it was decided by God. But when, when was your gender assigned? In the, in the womb? In the womb. How about this? Before the foundation of the world, uh, uh, Nick yeah. Nick was going to be Nick. He wasn't going to be Nicole. <laughs> His daughter was going to be, but not him. 
<laughs> right? Um, there could so, only be one Nick. <laughs> you know? But this whole thing with, you know, uh, gender assigned at birth. No, you were just, you were assigned before the foundation of the world. You, you were already assigned that in your DNA. So gender assigned at birth means that the doctor so said decided what it's they were a boy. Be. Okay. So, right. so then the doctor got it wrong after, after some years, the person decides that the doctor got it wrong. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, no, need, okay. no need for a sonogram no more. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, no need for sonogram. <laughs> no, so, so if somebody's pregnant, I could, you know, if my wife is pregnant, I could say, you know what? I want both. All right. Oh, man. Right. So now we have to say it's a whatever it decides to be at whatever it decides to be it. So they they were only selling pink stuff at the store. So I guess it's gonna be a girl. <laughs> they ran out of all blue stuff. So really, baby, it's gonna be a girl now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, uh, you've seen, um, uh, well, let me just give you this one more uh, homo or transphobic or phobia, right? Well, what does it mean to be homophobic? To be scared of man, isn't it? Homo man, well, they're using it in the sense, right? To be scared of homosexuals. Mm -hmm. So I asked them, Are you heterophobic? (laughs) <laughs> you're afraid of heterosexuals so you know just because you say that you're um that you disagree then all of a sudden it has to be a phobia yeah right <laughs> you know i got some um, deep-rooted problem within me that that you know yeah yeah like like we're allergic like they're, you know, like they're a virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to throw on my mask. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, this is, you know, this is a problem because, uh, again, it's it's not fear. It's, it's disagreement. Well, you know, I, I don't have to. I'm not afraid. Just I just don't agree. Matter of fact, I love the people. Not afraid. I love them. I, I just don't agree. You know, what a lifestyle. But the world has no category for, and Audley pretty much mentioned before. You know, I, I I could love the person and disagree with someone's choices and lifestyles, or you know, or what they say that they are oriented as, or what mm-hmm. they say that they identify as. Um, which I like what one guy said. He said someone who says. I identify as is another way of saying I pretend to be. Mm. Right? I mean, I mean, when you grow up, you stop pretending to be Superman or Iron Man or whoever man, right? You stop pretending. So, I mean, <laughs> um, and we're gonna see a video on this uh just in a little bit. We don't need but, any pretend um, does. Yeah, trans actually means uh to uh it means across, over, or beyond. That's what the word actually means. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> and you saw the stuff yeah. that happened in Target and Anheuser Bush. They lost billions of dollars, billions, because people are are 
speaking with their wallets and their pocketbooks um, that when you walk in the stores, you know, and when you buy the products, they don't want to be bombarded and, and pushed um, and to, you know, and, and like jamming stuff down someone's throat. But, you know, but it's really, it's targeting children. I think brother Nick mentioned something about a, a t-shirt that said, uh, don't target my children. Was that it? Don't target my kids. Yeah. Don't target my kids. <laughs> yeah. And so um, even, I mean, there, there are all these celebrities out there that say that they're Christians and yet they support this, right? Beyonce says she's a Christian. Nicki Minaj says she's a Christian. Taylor Swift says she's a Christian, uh, that she's a Christian. Uh, Oprah says she's a Christian, but yet they all affirm things that are not Christian. Uh, and, and this being w- one of them. And so uh, Taylor Swift, actually uh, Miss Americana, and all her fans are called Swifties. She came out wearing rainbow clothes and passing out things um, to go against um, the Republican, uh, I believe, running for senator um, in her state of Tennessee. So what, what about Disney, Nick? Talk to me about Disney. Oh, they were caught live on, what was it, a Zoom chat or whatever, saying how they were purposely going to, you know, push the the, the, the pride agenda. They want, I think they were saying they want like 50% of their characters to be, uh, you know, LGBT. Um, and, I mean, they're going for it. They're, they're, they're pushing out, they're pushing out, you know, product after product and, and to be honest, uh, a lot of their movies and stuff that's coming out, they're, they're tanking. They're tanking because people don't want to see this. They, they, Disney has a, a, a brand that people uh, look towards where they felt comfortable that they could bring their kids to, to watch and, and not really have to think twice about it. And now they have to be in, you know, have to be worried about being sexualized and, and taught about homosexuality. And, you know, so, I mean... I cut it. We had Disney Plus and then all that stuff started going on and uh, we cut it and, and my daughter <laughs> my daughter can't stand me for it. <laughs> but, you know, she's like, oh, but it has good good movies that we do like and I say, yeah, that's nice, but you know what? I, whatever money goes there goes to support that. Mm. So, I mean, you know, Disney... I, I don't even I don't even pay them any attention anymore because of what they're doing to kids. Oh, and and then and and Disneyland, forget about it. They got like uh they had like a drag queen or transgender person uh like bringing people in to to do makeovers and right. I, I was like, I mean, yeah, princess with a big old mustache. Yeah, it was gonna be you know the village number two soon because I mean <laughs> I don't understand. and the issue is like okay so we know that this is going on so how i mean you tell me pastor phil oddly like what do you think he's just like okay but christians say well we're not gonna partake in it per se you know i'm not gonna go into that store because there's a transgender person here but but we can go on this ride over there you know but like how much i mean how much of a stand do you think that is do you think that's a strong enough stand you know I mean, what, what say you? Audley, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that could uh, that could be a stand. That, that could um, 
speak volumes because we, we know that that's where they, um, they make the bulk of their money. And um, we know that, that that's where they started, uh, where, where people started to have a, um, a love for, um, you know, the Disney theme park and, and then the, the rides and you know, all those things that uh, they promote. You know, I think that could, um, you know, that could that could be uh, speaking volumes. You know, in 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 regard to, you know, showing a disagreement with um, some of the the, uh, the things that they've started to do. You know, yeah, some people can just stop going, stop mm-hmm. going. Like yeah. that's what happened at Target. They 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 stopped going. That's what happened with uh, Budweiser. They they stopped buying them, and billions, billions of dollars were lost um, because people vote with their feet and with their, you know, with their money. Mm-hmm. And so when they lose money, I mean, they're, they're a business. When they lose money, well, they like target, they peeled back on, on some of their, uh, their rainbow products. Um, and, uh, you know, there was um, the villainous, Ursula in the um, the Little Mermaid, right? They made a black mermaid. I kind of like storylines sticking to the original, and you know, let's not like change it up. <laughs> you know, the Little yeah. Mermaid, you know, was a white girl with red hair. You know, stay stay to the original storyline. You know, even the Karate Kid. You know, it was Daniel. I don't think Jaden. I don't think Jaden's the, the Karate Kid. You know, I I like sticking with the original. It was I mean? Kung Fu anyway. Right, it was right. Either, it was yeah, <laughs> Kung Fu kid. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's really not about the black and white, but, you know, staying to its original because there's something called authorial intent. You know, the author wrote it in a certain way. Keep it that way. Don't, you know, let's, let's not change this up. Uh, you know, there was not there was nothing wrong with it, but they're trying to modernize, you know, things and, and bring stuff into, into today. And so a book that was written, you know, uh, whatever 50 years ago now somebody can rewrite the book and it doesn't really portray what the author had intended it to portray and so in this um, in this new Little Mermaid um, there was supposedly the villainous Ursula was supposed to be uh, inspired by a drag queen and the left got mad because the makeup artist was a straight man who did the makeup for Ursula so the left is getting mad at the le- at the further left. Oh yeah, they can't <laughs> get along with each other. Right. They, and you, then you, I don't you know if you saw this hear, one. Say again, you, Nick. You constantly hear that about, you know, politicians. You know, they they like, you know, people are not left enough. Right. You know, and and and, they, and you know, even people from their own same party will say that, you know, it's like wow. wow. I mean, you just really want there to be no type of boundaries whatsoever. Mm. Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you, too, Phil, that that uh, Transformers, the animated Transformers series, they came out with a transgender Transformer. The cartoon? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'm like, your dogs, I thought they were robots. <laughs> 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 no, she, she came out with pronouns and this and that, and I'm like, like you just can't tell a story, huh? You have to indoctrinate. You have to put it anywhere, everywhere. Oh my goodness! You know how how did how did such a small percentage of the population, you know, just spread out so wide? 
Yeah, and there there was a dad who um, who was also a pastor. He went to a school board meeting, and he he was reading the book that they had in the children's schools. Uh, do you remember the name of the book? Something about normal. The new. Do you remember the name of the book there, Nick? Mm, uh, is this the book that I told you about? Yes. What was the name of that book? I don't know. I tossed it. <laughs> I tossed it. But that book attacked Christianity. Right. I mean, it, it was, it, it, I mean, it was, it was graphic. Yeah. Uh, there was nude pictures in it. And so this father gets up and reads the book at the school board meeting. The school board tells him he can't read it. And he basically says, wait, I can't read this to adults in here, but you oh, want yes. our children to read it in their school libraries. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he, I mean, he, he blasted them and rightfully so, you know, it's good to see when men could stand up and pull their pants up, you know, and, and be men of God and, and dig their heels into the ground and says, you know what? I shall not be moved. But this is what, what more of us should be doing. Right. I mean, I just was thinking about this today, you know, listening, you know, to different videos and reading articles. And I was just thinking like, at the end of the day, you know, who, who uh, uh, is the church? I'm going to put it in the form of a question. Is the church at fault for, for this getting as far as it did? Because we don't, you know, we don't want to, we don't want our comfort shaken up. So if we stand up now like this pastor did in the school board meeting, you know, uh, we, we, we stand to lose things. And, and Americans really, really, really love their comfort. We mm. love our comfort. We make an idol of it, you know? Mm. And I heard Vody say it one time, and, and, and it really cut me like a knife. It says, you know what the problem is? That most of us are a lot more American than we are Christian. Boom. Say you it know? again, Nick. A lot of us are a lot more American than we are Christian, mm. you know? And, and we, don't, we don't know what it's like to suffer. We might go through things, but we don't know. You know, we don't we don't know. Sometimes I laugh at my kids or, you know, like when my when I had all my kids here or sometimes even with my wife, you know, they're like complaining about like silly things. And I, and I look at them and I'm like, man, you, you, you ain't never been broke before. You know, you don't know what it's like to only have rice and eggs to eat because you ain't got no meat that day. You know, so it's like I, I say it in jest because even even. You know, even a poor person here has a lot more than a lot of people in a lot of nations. You know, mm -hmm. but we don't know what it's like to really, really, really have to depend upon God and have to live for the glory and the kingdom of God, because we know, you know, what we've seen in the past, what we've seen in history, it shows that a lot of people lost stuff, and we got so much stuff that we don't want to lose it. So we stand on these brave people's shoulders, right? And we and. and and we live off of the fruit of our founding fathers uh, of this nation. We live off of the fruit uh, of, of our Baptist forefathers, right? Of, of many, you know, Reformation forefathers. We live off of their fruit, right? But we don't carry on. We don't, we don't carry on the legacy that they did. And, and you know, right. it just really shakes me. Yeah, I think the name of that book is It's Perfectly Normal. And so, um, you sure that's the same book I told you about? 
maybe maybe it's a different title, but I know the word normal is is in there, but it's all about sexualizing children. Mm. You see, if you notice, there's a theme, right? Destroying children in the womb and destroying children in the mind. Mm. There, there is an attack on the children. We saw it all the way back in Egypt. They try to destroy the children by throwing them in the Nile. We saw in the days of Jesus, they try to destroy the children to get at Jesus. So, I mean, there, there is just an attack on children, hence the family. Now, what does the Bible say about pride, right? It's called Pride Month. What, what does the scripture say about pride? Because obviously there, there is a good kind of a pride in the sense of, you know, if I say, you know, when, when Audley preached, when Nick preached, you know, hey, brother, I'm proud of you. you really did your homework. You really brought the word very strong. So, I mean, that's kind of a positive um, kind of a pride where, you know, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're loving on your brothers for, you know, them being uh, devoted to the Lord because they, they, they're your brothers in Christ. Um, you know, if you tell your children when they do a good job on something, you know, I'm proud of you. But we're talking about, you know, the, the sinful aspect. Well, I mean, what is the, does the Bible have a lot of good stuff to say about pride? What does it say? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, we see in the angelic realm, we see Satan was um, um, cast out of heaven because of, uh, of his pride. He wanted to be like uh, God. And um, I think it's Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, mm. you know. So, you know. Pride has a, a, a major negative connotation to it, you know. And um, uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen: Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Mm. I mean, they are they are relishing and and, and celebrating something that's uh, something that the Lord said is 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 evil. You know, don't call don't call good good evil and evil good. I mean. That's that's a big. Oh man, I um I love uh, Jeremiah and uh, what he says. Um, Jeremiah nine twenty three about um about pride and, and boasting. It says, "Thus says the Lord: Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me." that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice and righteousness on the earth. Why delight in these things declares the Lord. I mean, if, if, if um, the LGBT community was to uphold um, some of these scriptures about pride, they would have to, they would have to really think about, you know, what they're communicating when, when they use that, when they use that word, you know, and then they would have to start with uh, what God revealed about the word pride, which is, yeah. you know, which is in the scriptures. And um, a lot, a lot of the, a uh, lot of the, our, our homosexual and, and, and gay friends, they do not want to hold scripture as, as authority, you know. Sure. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord, um, you know, that, that all, all glory and honor would go to him. Um, that's important. Now, there's a slew of verses, um, you know, concerning pride. Uh, you know, God resists the proud, 
but gives grace to the humble. humble. And yeah. I mean, and on and on and on. Um, Soft answer turns away wrath. That's mm. right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there goes your intolerance. Yeah. <laughs> your bigger drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pride goes before mm. destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. That one sticks mm-hmm. out to me because, you know, God shows in his will, in his word, that he He judged nations, nations on the basis of this abomination, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Greece went down. They were heavily involved in homosexuality. <clears throat> Rome went down. Matter of fact, Nero, during the times of, um, in the first century with the Apostle Paul, he burned Christians on stakes to light up his garden at night. Nero was so homosexual, flaming homosexual. He had one man he called his husband and another man he called his wife. Oh, man. And he was was burning. He was burning with lust. Um, And then he murdered Christians. And when Rome burnt down, he he blamed the Christians for it. And, you know, and they were persecuted. So, um, there is actually a, a pretty good movie. I think it's called The Apostle Paul or uh, Paul the Apostle Set Free. Um, mm. But it was a, a little graphic. Now, all the you you actually went to evangelize um, at a gay pride parade, and uh, some some Christians would maybe disagree with you. But we're called to make disciples of all the ethnicities of the world. Um, is there you know? Like, should that be off limits? Uh, and so tell, tell us about your experience there, though. Like, what'd you do? What would you say? What would you not say? Oh, man. yeah. So so I started going to the Gay Pride Parade, I think, in 2017. And uh, we went, uh, I think, about uh, for the next maybe like three years. And um, it I, you know, we, we was fortunate enough, you know, good brother in the Lord named Ryan, he allowed us to be able to, um, um, be able to participate in him. He asked, you know, if anybody would volunteer and he would give training because he had a passion for, um, the LGBT community. And, um, you know, um, this, this, this brother, he would, he would go on prayer walks in Manhattan, you know, during the week. And, uh, you know, he would invite me, he would invite me from time to time and, and, and I'd go and we'd walk down by Christopher street, um, many times passing, um, you know, the Stonewall, uh, restaurant, the bar and a restaurant and, um, Washington square park going through there, prayer walking and, um, also, um, going to the bars, the gay bars inside of the gay bars and, um, um, witnessing to people and you know, building relationships and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, was, so when pride month came, he had a, he had some training that he would, um, that he would do for the people who were attending. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, my experience there, I mean, we definitely saw some things, you know, some, you know, some explicit nudity and, um, Overall, that you know, it was pretty. My my experiences there were cordial. It wasn't nothing combative, um, really. Uh, we had like a questionnaire set up. Um, I, I I should have sent you guys. I found the questionnaire last night. 
And, um, you know, it was some good engaging questions on there um, that would help you to be able to engage with them, to be able to understand, you know, um, their mindset and, you know, that's, you know, the whole thing of, the, you know, sexual orientation and, you know, when they came out and, you know, what's their views on God. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people we talked to, um, a lot of people said when they found out or when they uh, saw their mother and father divorce, that's basically when they took a downward spiral and, you know, being discouraged and, um, you know, resorting to all kinds of things, man. You know, when, when their mother and father divorced, um, a lot of um, father issues, separation of father, you know, um, kids with their fathers and, and not being, not having a good bonding relationship with their, with their children. Um, that really also um, caused a lot of, um, um, a, a, a lot of um, uh, dysfunction you know, within them and how they look at themselves and, you know, how they view the world. So, you know, it was, it, you know, we, we kind of basically started off with giving a listening ear, you know, to, to some of the, their, um, um, some of the thing, the way they think about life and, and um, you know, but the questionnaire was a good questionnaire to, to basically have a, you know, to, to springboard into the gospel, you know. Amen. Maybe you could send that to us. And if it's okay, maybe we'll put it up on our website. Um, yeah. If you think uh, that, that, that that's, um, you know, th that we'd be allowed to do that. We can put that as a resource, um, yeah. you know, for other people to engage uh, and to help. And we're, we're going to talk about, um, you know, some of these evangelistic things um, as well. Um, and so, uh, you're kind of asking them, you know, about their, you know, their history and, and what happened and how, you know, uh, how did this come to be? And you're also asking, you know, what do you think about God? What does God think about these things? And um, you're letting them talk. You're hearing their experience. You're hearing their views. And one of the okay. best ways to find out what somebody thinks is ask them a question and let them talk. <laughs> uh, don't don't tell them what they think um don't tell them why something happened per se like you know let them hear but uh that common denominator of the broken family um mm. is just it has so many consequences yeah. you know uh i mean tons tons of people that are in jail they come from broken families especially no fathers in the home Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, there is a common denominator there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and first, um, you know, this group wanted to be tolerated, you know, um, and then they wanted to be included. And now they want to be celebrated and put it in your face. So, you know, of course, not everybody, but, um, you know, it, it it runs the gamut. So James, uh, James 1, verse 14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin 
uh, I'm sorry, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And there's a ton, and Nick could speak to this probably more than I do, of, of death among uh, homosexual men that are getting HIV. A lot of, there's a lot of death there. Mm. Nick, anything on that? We used to we used to um do a lot of calls in this place. We used to call it it was I think there were two of them. No, at least one. We used to call it the AIDS motel. Um because I think I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to be like that, but every time we went, every patient we've ever had um had HIV and they were predominantly homosexual. <clears throat> so I mean it, it, you know, it, I don't. There's nothing really good that comes out of this. It's a danger um, to their health, especially the pills that they're taking to to try to change themselves and the hormones and this and that. I mean, they're really just asking for more medical problems. And a lot of times, a lot of these people end up having buyer's remorse, and uh, yeah. by then it's too late. That's so, right. Yeah, I just learned of this website actually today. Um, there's a website called sexchangeregret.com. Sexchangeregret.com. I didn't check it out. I heard it from another Christian apologist today. Um, but uh, basically how, how it's damaged, um, you know, uh, kids that say that they're trans. Um, they, they use puberty blockers and all this stuff. And so this girl um, ended up, you know, using all these puberty blockers and things like that and ended up looking like an, an older man, you know, losing their hair and everything like that and growing mm -hmm. all this, you know, facial hair and just just really regretted it, uh, that decision. And a lot of people end up regretting what they've done. Um, we had someone come to our church uh and someone, I, so Nick and I, we were coming back from the G3 conference. We ended up in a, in a taxi cab with a guy that we shared the gospel with. The guy ended up um, uh, speaking to my older brother um, about uh, drugs. And, you know, I had a family member who was, you know, struggling with that. And lo and behold, um, this guy, his name was Bobby, told my brother the story about how he was in the car cab with two pastors. And then my brother called me and oh, yeah. showed me, you know, this guy. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. I remember, and then but, uh... the guy contacted me, said he wanted to come to our church. And he said, can you bring a friend? I said, sure. And he said his friend's name was uh, Autumn. And then when Autumn came with him, um, I thought Autumn was a girl. Then Autumn spoke. And uh, as one person said, uh, Autumn was winter. <laughs> so, um, and they, I mean, they were very nice. You know, they, they weren't argumentative and, and they, they were the hallelujah corner in church. And Pastor yeah. Peter was preaching. Um, and part of his sermon was against homosexuality. He did not plan that uh, with them in mind because he didn't even know them. Neither did I. And so they were hitting the amen. And then afterwards we spoke. Um, and then 
the person who identified as a transgender contacted me and was like, what do I do? And they, they said that they were born again. They said God changed their heart. They said homosexuality was sinful. And um, so I said, listen, you know, you, and, and, and they'd gotten surgery. They'd gotten surgery. I said, listen, you know, you have to clean yourself up as much to look like a man as possible. And wouldn't it be a great testimony to say, you know, I, 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 I believe darkness. I believe the lie. And God, God even saved me. Because First Corinthians 6, 9 tells us, you know, and, and on, and such were some of you. And it mentions homosexuality. You know, after it says, you know, homosexuals will, no, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, and, so, and such were some of you. And so God, God saved people who were involved in homosexuality out of that sin. And so I, I was trying to encourage um, this man to, God made you a man, you need to live as a man. And, and you know, ch change whatever you can, you know, dress like a man, um, you know, and, and spend time with godly men and, and learn how to be a godly man. So uh, but they were asking me, I, I didn't, I didn't pursue um, this person. Uh, they got their phone, they got my phone number and they called me, you know, mm -hmm. I try to be gracious and said, all right, you know, I, I mean, I believe God can save a homosexual, uh, you know, sure. out of their sin. So um, now what about the rainbow? Um, it, it, it seems like it's been hijacked. Mm. Right? I would say so. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> what does the rainbow really mean? Oh, man. Uh, we have, we have in uh, Genesis nine, when uh, God made the covenant with Noah and all flesh that, um, that he wasn't going to destroy the world by water again and um that rainbow was 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 his uh covenant sign that that he wasn't going to do that again and um um the the lgbt community they they use it to to show the um the uh the diversity in um the uh, transgender bisexual and all the other um <laughs> beliefs that 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 go along with um you know the the homosexual uh, lifestyle you know yeah. yes well, what yes. kills me what kills me is that like they added they added black and brown in the <laughs> to the rainbow they added black and brown into the into the pride flag so it's, right it's, it's it's the rainbow then black and brown then they got blue and pink uh, the black and brown stands for the the minorities, the, the Spanish and the Hispanics, I guess, and and the the pink and the blue stands for the the, the transgender people. Right. Uh, like where where will it end? Because I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how how did like Hispanics and blacks end up somehow being you know uh, grouped up with the <laughs> pride flag. Well, they're trying to connect it with they're, they're trying to connect it with, with, with civil rights. So it's just all like intersectional. It's an intersectional flag, to be honest. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I want you to listen to something real quick. I'm going to put this on my, my friend, Mark Spence. See if I can get this up here. I like to say different. <laughs> How would you define a woman? What is a woman 
<laughs> opposite gender of us. But it's a man. I don't think babies are their only purpose. The difference is, yeah, of course, the body type. Would you have a problem if I told you, John, that I identify as a woman? No, I guess not. No, go ahead. What if I told you I identify as a black woman? Would you have a problem with that? You need to change your skin. <laughs> now, why would I need to do that? Well, because you're a white guy. I mean, it's, that's a far stretch, but I mean... Now, why is that a far stretch? Would you have a problem if I told you that I identify as a woman? No, I don't mind. I mean, like, if you want a girl saying that, sure. Right ahead. What if I told you that I identify as a 12-year-old black woman? If you believe it, like, believe it. Oh, I don't know. Am I a black woman? If you believe it, yeah. We're willing to destroy concepts in the name of not wanting to offend someone. If you believe, I would support you. I don't know. But I also identify as more child. Would you give me some money, Brad? You're not. I mean, I didn't give birth to you. No. Why not? I mean, you're really not my child. Ah. So words have meaning. They do. Right? Words definitely do have meaning. I can identify as a truck, but it doesn't mean it's true. Right? Right. Do you think it's important for words to have meaning? I would say yes. If I'm in prison for robbing a bank, would I identify as someone who did it? Should I be released immediately? Listen, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls in. It seems like everyone is trying so hard to avoid the truth. Prescribable double clock. Uh, male or female? I don't want to make that assumption. Good color? I don't want to be racist. I don't know what they believe they are. Why? Whatever they believe. Thanks for wasting our time. You start to have a little bit of a problem if you, if, if I said I identify as a black woman. They just say, well, that seems a little strange. Well, I mean, it's, I guess you're just adding more and more and more to it. And what's wrong with adding more and more to it? Why can't I just keep on going? I don't know. In the last few months, we have seen a transgender female was celebrated for defeating female swimmers with breathtaking speeds, winning the NCAA Division One National Championship. Oh my God. All right, All right, what do you think, brothers? So, um, I was just thinking that that um, the fear of offending people uh, is forcing them to stay consistent. And then when they do that, they follow along with, you know, they, they, they go right into absurdity. So, I mean, it's kind of like, they're doing the work for us. We don't have to show them the absurdity of their position <laughs> by forcing them to stay consistent. They, yeah. they are doing it for us by saying, well, they're so scared to offend anybody for anything. Uh, they're not really even knowing what an offense is, I think, sometimes. And uh, when, when, they, when they stick to their guns, they shoot themselves in the foot. I would agree. I would agree. And so I, I think I really think Mark did a good job in um, kind of bring bring things to the forefront and showing like, you know, why can't I keep adding things? And you know, and uh, of course, you know, uh, chasing after you know a, a criminal and you can't describe what color their skin is if they're male or female. All right, the um, guy who's got the wrong skin, like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, um, I mean, uh, Nick and I 
um, had someone uh, recently threaten us as soon as we stepped foot in front of the abortion clinic to preach. We didn't even start preaching yet, right? <laughs> Black man with dreadlocks, smoking a blunt with uh, chancletas on, came over and said that if we preached something that his lady, quote unquote, found offensive, he was going to meet us with violence, quote unquote. And, um, you know, we called we call the police. And the first thing they said is, what did he look like? Was he male or female? <laughs> right. And, uh, uh, you know, was he black, white, Hispanic, Asian? Uh, we had to give a description. You know, I didn't say, well, you know what? It was a person with eyeballs and, and uh, you know, chancleta san with two legs, two arms and two ears. You know, how are they supposed to find the guy? <laughs> so, um, but thank God, you know, the guy walked off. We preached the gospel just like always. And the guy came back later and drove his car and left. So uh, we just saw Satan at work. But George Orwell said, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who proclaim it. And that's what we experienced that day. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it is. Let me say it again. George Orwell said, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who proclaim it. Who's proclaiming the truth? Christians. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Christ prophets didn't have anything good to say about homosexuality. The apostles didn't have good things to say about homosexuality. Um, but most people focus on the six quote unquote negative verses and think that's, you know, that's all it says about homosexuality um, that everything is negative about it. Now, now I'm not saying it's not sinful, but it's also attacked in the positive light too. not saying that it's not sinful. But um, there is this popular belief that Jesus never addressed homosexuality. Is that true? Is that true? Jesus never said anything about homosexuality? Not at all. Not at, Not at all. all. Not at all. <laughs> you got something for me, Audley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead, brother. Nick. No, no, you got it. Yeah, you I got mean, a better voice than both of us, brother. We want to hear from you. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, and, and you know, Matthew, Matthew, um, reading uh, chapter five, uh, verse 27, 27 and twenty-eight. Right, Jesus is uh, addressing adultery. He says, "You have heard said that it was said you should not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone, that everyone who looks at a woman." with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm. And the Bible right there, Jesus right there is making um, um, assumptions that we are, we are, that he's referring to a male and a female going back to um, Genesis chapter two. Um, when, a, when a man uh, leaves his leaves his uh, father and mother, and he's to be joined with his wife. The two shall be one flesh. Explicitly clear. Explicitly, explicitly clear. Even even when we jump down to verse thirty one in Matthew chapter five, um, he says it was said whoever sends his wife 
away and let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Jesus rooted his understanding of marriage in Genesis 2 and gave us God's blueprint of one man, one woman, for the purpose of procreation, illustration, sanctification, and, and this union should not be separated. And so does man have the right to come along and change God's blueprints by introducing the concept of same-sex marriage? Um, There's no I such mean, thing. No such thing. It's not marriage. You're, not marriage. And, and, and here's the thing. They are using our words. They are using our biblical Christian words, but it's a foreign relationship. You need to come up with your own term, but don't use the word marriage. That's our word. Mm, you can't yeah. hijack. You, you tried to hijack the rainbow. The rainbow. Now you're <laughs> trying to hijack marriage. These are These belong to Christianity. They belong to the scriptures. Stay on your own side of the fence with your own words. You can call it a civil union. You could call it whatever, but don't call it marriage because God defines marriage. And we're not being hateful. We're being honest. Mm -hmm. The creator yeah, of the yeah. universe that is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate. And when he made him that helpmate, he made a woman. He did not make another man. He did not make three men. He gave him a woman. That Amen. is the helpmate a man needs. Someone who is not exactly like him. He didn't give him someone who's like him. He gave him someone who's not like him. Someone who compliments him. I, uh, I knew a teacher <laughs> that, um, th that taught a physics class and took uh, some magnets and displayed how it's the opposites that attract the same north and north or south and south, they repel away. It doesn't even work in magnetism. So, um, but Jesus as a member of the Godhead, one God and three persons, one cannot separate the theology of homosexuality between the father and the son. Uh, this is not dad says no, but mom says yes. Or as people think uh, the God on the left side of the book was this mean anti homosexual God. And then Jesus came along and everything is loving and he affirms everything and everybody's God's people. Uh, that's, that doesn't work. Uh, can Jesus have a different view on this issue than the father and the Holy spirit? No way. No way. No how you can't, you can't separate the Trinity. You can't separate the Trinity. Um, Not my will, but yours be done. You can't, you, and, and you can't separate the teaching of of the apostles from the teachings of Christ. That's right. They're, they're an extension of what Christ taught. So if the apostles taught against homosexuality, plainly spoke, speaking against it, then that stems from the teachings of Christ. They go one, they go hand in hand with one another. Just like, you know, the, the um, just like the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. All sexual sins fall under that. 
you know, all sexual sins. So, so what God has designed, anything that falls outside of what God has designed for marriage um, counts as being sexually immoral. It counts yes. as adultery. Yes. You know? So homosexuality is just happens to be included in that. You could be a fornicator. You can be any type of other sexually immoral person. You know, it's just, you know, that's the flavor that one person chooses to, 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 to take. But it all falls under that uh, that law, that moral law of God. Yeah. So, I mean, anything outside of one man and one woman, it's sin. Yep. Right. So I, why does a homosexual, uh, you know, not bring up the fact that we say consistent on that, that there's heterosexual sin and there's homosexual sin. Right. So if a man is, is sleeping with a woman who's not. Their, their wife, I mean, Jesus said it in Romans, I'm sorry, in John chapter four, he said to the woman at the well, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, that's right. And the man you're with now, he's not your husband either. He said, you've had five. So Jesus, you know, um, he called her out on her sin. Was Jesus being intolerant? <laughs> no, there was Jesus magnifying the law, you know, and he was gracious toward her because she became honest concerning her sexual sin. And then she came to Christ uh, over that and brought the whole village, pointed the whole village to come speak to Jesus. Um, she immediately became evangelistic because God changed the dirty water in her heart and gave her clean water um, and, and, and a clean vessel was able to point all these the whole the whole village to jesus if you will so i mean she was a changed woman yeah. but jesus had to deal with her with, with her sin issue and and it was majored on the sexual sin um you know perhaps she was uh you know the 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 uh the lady of the evening known around town and here's the first man coming along that didn't try to throw her in the sheets, but try to point her to truth and righteousness. Amen. So um, love cannot stay silent. Love must point out sin. Imagine a loving doctor not telling you what the problem is. So brother Nick had to get an AD put inside of him. What if the doctor said, you know, I don't want to offend you. You know, listen, um, the heart you have, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, no, they had to they had to tell you the truth, Nick, and they had to give you surgery. Uh, I mean, would you have appreciated a doctor if he says, well, you know what? I really don't want to offend you. I wouldn't you know? be alive to appreciate the doctor. <laughs> he wouldn't be alive. Right? <laughs> right. So exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if you're a Christian, you're hearing this. Don't think you're being unloving by pointing out sin. Now, you don't have to just whack that one branch of sin. You can mm -hmm. talk about lying and blasphemy um, and disobeying your parents and all the commandments. So, so even if the person who says they're homosexual, even if they weren't a homosexual, they're still at war with God. They're still not at peace with God, even if it was, even if that wasn't the issue. Mm -hmm. That's right. They're at war with God. That's a that's the problem, right, Pastor Phil? Like, yes. Um, just uh, calling out the sin for what it is is being equated with 
you know, us not wanting to be cordial or not being able to be cordial with someone who's homosexual. So if some somebody who happens to be a homosexual to show up at our church will show up at our church, I guess to the outside world, it's expected for us to, you know, we go wild, we get the, we go grab the sticks and the bats and, and get that person <laughs> out of there. Like there's a cockroach in the building, right? But that's not what we do. That's not what we would do. And know? we didn't do that when that happened. Exactly. You know, so, you know, I think there's just that big misconception or just the other side's painting that picture that yes. that's what we would do. You know, yes. but the proof yeah. is in the cordial conversation we would have with those people at that point in time. Right. You know, like, you know, I think didn't somebody one time start to say, put like a review for the church and they were talking about, you know, how we acted, you know, in the in the church. And this person never even came to find out. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, somebody yeah. gave a negative <laughs> review and never even came to the church. He never just showed up. You know, but he said we were this, we were that, we were hateful, whatever. And I'm like, you were never there to witness any of that. You know, it's a <laughs> picture that he tried to paint and, you know, for what? So I think, you know, at some point in time, our witness has to shine through. You know, we have to make sure that on all accounts, whether it's outside, whether they're in the church, that God is governing the way we conduct ourselves. Um, and, and that we're loving first, you know, but 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 loving in the biblical sense, where we tell them the truth, even if it hurts, you know, and we love them and point them to the cross. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe some of us have family members um, that identify as homosexual and, they, and they're living that way. We we don't hate them. So don't agree. We don't agree. I'm not saying you can't come to my house. I'm not saying you can't sit down at the table and eat with us um, or that I wouldn't go to your home. But sometimes there's anger. Like when my, uh, um, my grandfather died, uh, I was sharing at his funeral uh, or his wake. Um, how in my very uh, infantile understanding um, of what it meant to be born again, basically uh, going from being religious to having a relationship with God. I was sharing that testimony at the funeral and a family member of mine uh, who is living a lesbian lifestyle, I believe to this day, got up and said, you need to shut up. My, my father was Catholic. He lived a Catholic and he died as a Catholic. And I was sharing how my grandfather, you know, um, said he, you know, he believed in the message that I was sharing with him and, and, and prayed to receive Christ. Um, you know, and she was so angry, so angry. And when, when somebody said, you know, why don't you step out of the room? If you don't want to hear it, he said, you know, why don't, why don't you shut up and why don't you step out of the room? And so I'm just vile and, and heads were shaking. Like this is not the place to go, you know, to go crazy like that. Mm. And um, I just wish I knew then what I know now, <laughs> mm. you know, cause I mean, I probably would have lovingly rebuked her and just, uh, you know, buckled down, um, you know, a little bit more, but um, the Bible is one consistent view, not, not many views. And those that hold that Jesus was silent, um, 
raise the question if was Jesus silent on pedophilia? And if he was, does that mean because he didn't address it, it's okay to partake in it? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus didn't say anything about bestiality. Does that mean, you know, that you're going to get your pets? And no, no, I mean, not at all. But it's it's a major attack on the gospel. This is the This is the big issue here. Right. Marriage is one man and one woman. We see in Adam and Eve. Anything outside of that is sin. But it's also a picture of the gospel. Christ and his bride. Who's Jesus returning for? That's right. Bride. And, and what is Jesus called in that relationship? The groom. Right. Is, is the groom returning for a groom? <laughs> uh-uh. the groom is returning for a bride a bride without spot or wrinkle and I love what it says um, at the end of the book of Jude and uh, I preached two sermons on the doxology here's what it says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. He's going to present his bride, which has sinned because we are his bride. We're the bride of Christ. We who have sinned, he's he's going to keep us from stumbling into false religion and this homosexual agenda it's it's false religion that's i mean that's really what it is at the end of the day it's false religion being acted upon and he's going to present us blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy he's going to be joyous over us that he's kept us in the grip of his grace because Mm -hmm. i listen i don't know about y'all but i can't keep myself (laughs) <laughs> maybe you know maybe nick is stronger than us but uh you know yeah. i can't keep myself no not for a minute mm-hmm. and so all the how should we share the gospel um with those that are trapped in this sin um i i, I would say um that we we would we would try our best to try to correct the um, the misconceptions about about Christians, and for them to have a, um, a working knowledge of um, what we our position and what we really believe, and to to really emphasize that we stand on the words of Scripture, the words of Christ, and um, you know, be able to let them know that yeah, we, we're 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 talking to you about the gospel, the good news, and. It's, it's, it's not just, um, you need to be saved from your sin. You need to be saved from, um, your, 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 your unbelief, your, your idolatrous ways, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, uh, who you're attracted to is, um, you, you know, the, the core of what we were trying to get at, but the fact that if homosexuality, if homosexuality wasn't a struggle for you, it wasn't an issue, you still need to be saved because of your sin because of your your um, 
your rebellion against God. And, you know, we can, we can do that with them with, you know, in love and, 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 um, you know, truth, you know, um, yeah. And I, I feel, you know, Phil, I feel like, you know, and, um, uh, Nick was touching on this earlier, uh, you know, there's a lot of professing Christians out there and, uh, the liberals who add to the confusion of, um, how they they think Christians um, um, think and what we what we believe about them. So you know you you had that aspect of it where you know you have the uh, the tears you know that are that are um, corrupting and, and and spreading lies and, and promoting feelings you know over God's word that that um, that make it that that make uh, homosexuals more confused about about what we believe. So. Man, Nick, anything to add to that? I mean, share the gospel the way you would always share the gospel. I think, you know, um, you, you're looking at an at a image bearer of God who needs Christ. You know, it, it, what, what particular sin they're involved with, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Um, I think also, like, a, you know, I think it's just that to me, um, I sense that their conviction is that, um, and great concern is that man is being offended, you know, that man has no right to be offended uh, by what they do. But really, whether we as men and women, you know, whether we are offended doesn't matter. What we have to point them to the fact is that their practice, their lifestyle, that it's an offense to God. So our, our, our whole goal is to have to show them, to try to show them as with anybody else, is that they have offended a just and holy God, right? And, and this particular sin of homosexuality is, is an abomination to God, and he has judged nations for it. So even if they have an inkling of love for the nation that they live in, they, they, they should really consider their ways. But more importantly, you know, they have offended God. And, and, and until they realize the separateness that there is there and the fact that they are utterly dependent upon the God, which whom they are spitting in the face in, you know, they, they're not going to get it. So I think our, our main goal should be pointing them to God. Listen, you offend me. I don't care. What I'm, what I'm caring about, not just for my sake, but for your sake, you are offending a just and holy God who will call you into account. And what will you do when you stand before God and your mouth is stopped? Amen. You know, and um, there are just so many people that are more offended at what offends them than what offends God himself who made them in his image. And that really needs to be where you put your chips. You need, you know, to, to be more concerned about what offends God than what offends me personally. It's like sure. if something offends me, oh, you know, um, if someone is offended by something, it's like everything has to stop. But what, but, wait, stop, put the brakes on. What offends the God that made us? And gave us a law that we have not obeyed and gave us a way of escape through the gospel. 
to come to him as pure and clean and holy. And I think um, that uh, this verse out of Second Timothy, I think this needs to be our attitude, and I think you both hit on this. But um, I think Paul has a one-up on all of us. Second Timothy 2, 24 through 26. And this is how we need to share the gospel with, with everybody. Amen. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And this is an evil thing. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. And that's what we ought to do, correcting people who are involved in this sin, correct his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And mean our mission is here. The attitude in which we ought to do this with is here. And um, e even when it says the Lord's servant, it it's actually the word for slave. We are the slaves of the Lord. And he's a good, holy, just, righteous, and loving master. And so we come with his heart. We come with his spirit. We come with his word, which is the only thing that has the power to transform a life. He transform our lives. He can transform the lives of others. Amen. Only any final words before we close brother. Oh, no, no, I can't say nothing behind that. <laughs> brother Nick. All I can say is fear God. Fear God. Amen. Amen. That is what's being lost the fear of God. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're trapped in the sin of homosexuality or you're trapped in heterosexual sin, you're with people who are not your husband or wife. Is there no fear of God before their eyes? Well, let me close by um, calling your attention to some of our needs in our soul fishing ministries. Um, outreaches uh please pray uh we, we go out to the streets uh, all three of us we go out to the streets and we share the gospel um audley actually doesn't just go to the streets uh he takes to the water he, he travels the water. over the, on the stat the water <laughs> sorry the water Nick. <laughs> on the staten island ferry and he shares the gospel with some brothers and hopefully this summer nick and i'll get over there with you as well he preaches he gets to the other side he preaches again. And so, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, he's like Jesus on the boat. <laughs> Preaching. Um, amen. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pray as we go to the lost. Um, pray as we go out to the murder mills, the abortion clinics. Uh, we're ministering on the front lines, and we desire to be used by God to see lives and souls saved. Um, and so... Uh, Maybe you want to consider supporting our ministry and being a, a fishing partner for the year 2023. Uh, fishing partners are those that God has burdened to hold the rope as we venture into the gold mine to equip the saints 
and reach the lost as fishers of men for the glory of God. Um, and so uh, we recently had um, a, a couple from Tennessee that we know, very grateful. They began to support our ministry. Uh, we, we've been praying for more supporters. And so uh, to God be the glory for this new couple that started supporting our ministry. Just a very uh, gentle, um, godly couple that um, I had several years of pastoring their lives. And then they, they moved away from us. And, um, but they're never far from us as we still keep in touch. So you, you can give a monthly donation on our website, soulfishingministries.org. And we have a soul fishing ministry shop that has merchandise that supports the ministry and will help spark up witnessing conversations. So thank you for taking this time to stop. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax-deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishyministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.